When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Movie Podcast. My name is Daniel. I am one of your hosts today. And joining alongside me on the sands of Arrakis, it's Anthony. Hello, Anthony. Hello. It's it's quite hot out here. It's very warm today, uh, but we're not alone because we are joined by a very, very special guest who, are we are, who we're going to introduce to you very, very soon. Don't worry about the name of the episode. Anthony, how are you doing today? I am doing as well as... A um, sand mouse? Are they called sand mouses? The sand, the sand mouse. Yeah, more deep, right? More deep, more deep. But yeah. like, I like to give them an English name. Okay, so I'm going to call them sand mouse. Sand mouse. I'm doing as well as a sand mouse on Arrakis. I like that. You know, they're strong. They create their own water. They're they're good animals to name yourself they're after. They're so small. Like you crush them. They're, no, don't do that, man. Even though they're 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 creating their own water. Yeah. They're, minute to whatever the, lives in the desert right i mean compare them to the the ocean of, of sand out there yeah of course yeah. but no it, it's it's great i mean i'm so happy to be talking about dune if we haven't spoken about dune enough we have a lot more dune for you today because joining us on the movie podcast is our very special guest and someone who we've been wanting to have on the show for a very very long time craig frazier and not just greg frazier Academy Award-winning Greg Frazier because he has shot some of the most beautiful-looking films in the last decade plus. I'm talking about films like Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Lion, Dune, The Batman, The Creator, and now Dune Part 2. I want to say a huge thank you to our friends at Warner Brothers for inviting us to watch the film and to partake in this interview. This was really a huge highlight for us. Yeah, like this is someone we've been actively trying to get on the show for a very long time especially since you know the batman is such a big part of our life and after watching the batman and then seeing dune and then dune 2 and then all his other works like killing killing them softly or the mandalorian right the Mandal- like or rogue one and yeah just you know darth vader sequence at the end that's such a powerful shot movie at that like you you just want this guy to be on your show yeah because he is the next roger deakins yeah he he really is and i you know something i always think about is when roger deakins last year was talking about the nominees for best cinematography and how greg frazier for the batman shot the best looking film last year and the batman was the best looking film last it was, year yeah and it, for him to not get a nomination after having just one for dune it's wild and, and you think of the advances that greg frazier has done with working with stagecraft and the volume it's it's truly incredible and uh yeah we're just absolutely delighted to be speaking with him we'll be having him on very very soon for a great conversation don't worry we don't get into any spoilers of the film so if you have not watched it yet uh make sure you check out our review to hear if it's good i have a feeling it's a really good movie if you couldn't tell yeah i would give it a 10 out of 10 i'd give it a 10 out of 10 too (laughs) real gem spoiler for our review though um but this is the movie podcast you can catch brand new episodes all throughout the week with interviews and reviews and discussions on all the latest movies and features 
If you want to follow us on socials, you can at the movie podcast on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Letterboxd, wherever you are, we're there. Check out our show notes below for all of those links and more, as well as some really great partners for this episode for sponsors, Factor Meals. You can get 50% off. Check out our show notes for that, as well as all the other places to follow us, like Discord, and if you want to watch a video version of this interview. Now, Dune Part 2 is now playing in theaters. You could go see it today, and we highly recommend that you do because it is an incredible, incredible film. Uh, Anthony, before we dive into our interview with Greg, any special moments that you're, you want to tease for the audience to get excited about? From this this interview? Yes. Um, I think it's uh, learning a lot about who who Greg is. I think the, the ending is a big part of it. And that's not me saying stay to the end. It's more of like, oh, I didn't know this yeah. until you told me, Daniel, until I, I learned it and he, Greg was talking about it as like, this is actually where I started. This was yeah. my first passion. And then... You know, this is now my second passion. Yeah, and, and, and as vague as that can as be. As vague as you could be. We no, want you to say to the end. Yeah, no, we want you to say to the end. Please say to the end. It helps us out a lot. But also, I mean, like hearing him talk about this film and working with the knee and how they shot, you know, the the Getty Prime sequence with Austin Butler and the work that went into those scenes, it really is incredible. And you see why he is the best cinematographer in the business right now. And it makes sense why it's hard to get him on the show because this guy's working. This guy's yeah. always working. He's going to start working on the Batman part two soon. There's lots to look forward to from Greg, and we're just so delighted that he is here. So without further ado, please welcome Academy Award winning cinematographer Greg Frazier to the movie podcast. Hey, Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, guys. How's it going? Happy to always talk about this amazing movie. I've been I've been so excited about this film since I graded it, you know, a few months ago and saw it in IMAX for the first time. And I've kind of had to keep my mouth shut because the only person I can people I can talk to about it has been the um, uh, about my collaborators, you know, the, my designer and director and VFX supervisor and my crew. So the fact that I can talk to you guys about it is pretty cool. We're we're just so delighted. And, and, and congratulations again. It, it truly is a master work we've seen it twice now and both times oh. we've just been blown away I'm, I'm excited that you have seen it twice have you seen it in IMAX when I haven't seen it both times both in IMAX times, yeah. oh yeah it's cool isn't it it's very it's super cool very very cool yeah yeah you know we got, thank we got, you no of course my gosh you know we, we have to ask you of course you're reteaming with the neon part two uh we'd love if you could talk to us about your chemistry with one another and how you wanted to approach a sequel to Dune it's a great question because we talked at length about what number two was going to be you know and we, when we realized that it was going to happen because of course you never really want to i don't know in the film business it's it's tricky you don't want to plan uh, plan unknowns you know when things aren't 100 confirmed you kind of want to talk in code you don't really it's a, i don't know i'm not superstitious but it's a it's a weird thing where you don't really want to talk about a part two when it started to become a reality we started to talk about it seriously and go right well how are we going to do this and you know, I think that that's where the rubber kind of hits the road. Where, where you know, up to that point, we never really had to shoot a sand white writing sequence. Like we never really had to kind of do all these things. We never really had to see the siege. Like we, we were like, well, we're not, we're not seeing the siege. We don't have to solve that problem. Um, but then when part two became a reality, we went, okay, here's the reality. Okay, we have to, we have to steer Leah. We have to, you know, we have to, you know. Right on Samwer. We have to attack, uh, you know, we have to attack the, the Emperor using sandworms. I mean, it's like, how the hell do we do that? 
And um, that was the time where we started to get real about, okay, how do we actually do this? And and um, and what what techniques will we use? You know, the, the fan woman writing sequence was probably one of the first things we tackled because clearly he Paul has to learn how to write a sandworm and we couldn't do it we couldn't shoot it the same way that we shot the sandworm writing on part one which was on a long lens a long way away you know the framing at the end of the movie so we acknowledged that, that that was successful but we couldn't do that with Paul we had to be with Paul so we started to map out you know what that would look like and, and how we would actually go about shooting that and you know we couldn't really find reference of any other sandworm writing because like, I can't yeah, has it really, we don't blame you. Has it really? <laughs> no. So, you know, we looked at a myriad of things. We looked at water skiing videos, skiing videos. Um, we looked at surfing videos. Like, you know, there were tons of these references that I pulled out and said, all right, how do we shoot a surfer? How do we shoot a, a water skier? How do we, you know, how do we do these things? How do we shoot a skier and be with them? And um, we came up with a plan. We came up with a strategy. And and, and it looks it looks absolutely incredible and we're, we're we just want to dive into it more with you for sure thank you you know one of my favorite shots in that sequence and it's so funny isn't it like i love that sequence and i and i and i've seen the edit of course a thousand times because i graded it and, you know but that when i grade it, i don't normally grade with sound or music i grade without that because it you know i can focus on the on the images interesting but the first but the first time i turned the sound on after having graded that sequence you know that the, the, there's one shot in that that i love denise shot is the shot where he, it's it's from behind paul and he stands up and it's just him just getting air as he stands up from behind my favorite shot's the next one where we're profile with him it's almost like we're riding another sandworm that's our theory yeah. we're on another sand we're on another sandworm like a tracking sandworm let's call it <laughs> with, a, with a long lens and we're tracking with him as he stands up and there's amazing zimmer beat like there's an amazing zimmer kind of music punch that that absolutely is mind-blowing and i and i punch the air every time that happens like every time i see that in the cinema which is now a dozen times i'm like yeah go paul that's amazing yeah that's fantastic we gotta talk about imax it plays such a huge role in doom part two especially during the opening sequence on arrakis how did the larger yeah. aspect ratio help you tell a more immersive story well, we, you know, we, we discovered, we knew we wanted to be IMAX even on part one, obviously, because we knew that we wanted to tell Paul's story through, through an expanded world. We wanted to open his world, you know, and, and the same way that people have expressed, um, you know, people going to a new location for the first time and opening their world, we wanted to do that with a format and we could do that with IMAX. And so we decided that on part two, like the film for the most part is immersion and there's a lot of action and there's a lot of immersion and we loved how the scene on part one played you know that the where the, the rescue from the 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 the, the spice harvester of you know where where paul almost gets sucked in and they fly out over it we loved the way that played out in imax for us that was i think that exceeded our expectations of imax you know i think for us that we went ah oh, that's a really successful scene and it, for us, we loved it as film nerds. We just loved the way that played out. And so we went, well, listen, this film starts with an action sequence, you know, and but it, but it then cuts into to, to a lot of drama with these, with these actors. And so we went, well, I think we can play most of this movie in 4.3 or a lot of this movie in 4.3. 
and then you know a bit of one one nine oh so it became like well why not do the whole film like that and and we did and and i i, I don't know i i I think it was the right call because like you said it becomes immersive and it's an incredible experience IMAX because they 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 push this idea of immersion and it is absolutely true and you get into the action you get into the drama you get into the love story you get into all the minutia of the of the filmmaking through IMAX and or through it's through an immersive larger format you know and yeah. I think that's really important it's so important, and I, and I also we're also thinking of the sequence of when we're introduced to Austin Butler's Fade Rothra during that Colosseum oh, yeah. battle on Getty Prime. You know, we're introduced to uh, like a more of a monochromatic color scheme. What went into yep. like building the look of those scenes? Well, so so that's an interesting one because did anyone was uh, you know um, as you know the the, the June Part One had a had a really successful awards season, which was which was fantastic, but it was also, you know, it meant that we were, um, our prep was littered with events and, and other things. So, Denise was writing in between, you know, events. Um, and he came to me, I think, one day and said, hey, listen, I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of writing the, 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 the fade battle. And he said, you know, because I want to, you know, the sun on getting prime has to be different to the sun on, Arrakis, because we're going from one to the other, and we're outside, you know. And and how do we make it different? And then he said, like, should we make it black and white? Is the sun different? Is it this? Is it that there? And and I was like, Denis, I've got the perfect solution. I've been playing with infrared on digital cameras for the last sort of ten years, from Zero Dark Thirty, actually, when I was lighting with infrared light. And, you know, I'd used it a few times for, for VFX passes on Rogue One and, and I did a test and said to him, we can get rid of all the visible light and shoot just with infrared light. And this is what it does to skin tones, what it does to the pupils, to the iris. You know, I said, well, we, potentially we could shoot this thing inside and everybody looks like they're in the dark, but we can see them clearly, you know. And we tested that um, and that wasn't as interesting as us being outside in the real sun um and and seeing what it does to the to the harkonnen but for me what's great about that is that it actually shows if you understand that in in getty prime you, you don't see visible light you only got this kind of this infrared glow off everybody you kind of understand why they look the way they look you know you understand why they that why, why they have no hair and why they're so pale like you kind of get it that there's no sun in Getty Prime. The, the sun is like an anti-sun. It's a black sun. So, yeah, you kind of get that. So, I don't know. It was a, it was a fun, interesting te uh, testing process to get to that point. Yeah, and, and, and it looks like visually it's stunning. And, you know, obviously seeing it in IMAX and really changing the feel of the film because we're, you know, getting introduced to Austin, Butler, Austin Butler's character who is terrifying in this. So, it's uh, it was a really cool way to introduce him. Yeah, thanks. I'm really pleased with that I got to be better use this this infrared thing that I've been playing with, you know, because, yeah, I haven't really used it to that effect before. So it was a bit, to me, it seemed like the perfect solve to Denise's great idea of this kind of sun that doesn't have any color thing. Definitely. And I was like, perfect. Here we go. <laughs> we, can do it we, can do it, we can do it literally. We can do it literally where the camera can't record the color because right. there is no color. It can just record infrared. Greg, you and Josh Brolin developed a strong bond with one another while filming Dune Part 1 and Part 2. How did your collaboration on Dune Exposures come to be? So, 
you know, Denny asked me super early during the prep process if I'd be interested in just taking some photos because, you know, I'm, I'm an ex-photographer and, you know, he'd seen some of the photos that I'd been taking, you know, on my film camera. And I was just noodling around with things. And, you know, I've done some – I haven't worked as a professional photographer in a number of years because I've been too busy. But um, so he, he said to me, he goes, like, do you want to capture and record the making of June? Because I love your photographs and I'd love to have your photographs record this process. And my first reply back was, well, I mean, listen, I'm really worried about doing a good job on this. Like this, this to me is I have to succeed at June and – you know, doing, and I, you know, I said, I'll do it, but only if it's not for any PR or it's any publishing, I'm not thinking about documenting the process. There's no, there's no conscious need for me to take photos. Like I'm not doing it for any reason whatsoever. And he was like, yeah, cool. I said, he said, you know, if we end up with a couple of shots at the end for our coffee table for our, you know, whatever. So I did it and, and I started shooting some really great stuff and I found it to be a really interesting process where it meant that I could step back from a scene and not see the scene the way I would ordinarily see it. And and I actually think it helped me um, understand the light and the scene. Uh, instead of distracting me, it actually helped me, believe it or not. And um Along the way, you know, um, I, I showed a few people on set as we went along, and I showed, you know, Brolin, and because you know he, he's, he's, I was reading some amazing stuff he was writing on Instagram, and I was coming to work the next day, and going, dude, when did you write that thing? Like it's amazing because I'm a strong fan of um, literature and beautiful writing, and he, he is an amazing writer. So we kind of riffed on each other's work for a while, and then Tanya, who's who's the EP. Um, and producer on the movie kind of recommended and said, "Hey, why don't you guys do a do a you know a thing together?" And so there you go. That, that was how it started. And you know what? I love it because what it means is the photography is not defined by just the photography. It's defined by as much by the words that accompany it as it does a, by the by the by the images. And it made me realize what it is I love about filmmaking, which is my images do not stand alone by themselves. They are they are improved and enhanced by by people who are skilled in other areas. Like that that Hans Zimmer example I gave you before. Like that shot of Paul standing up, it's a great shot. I will say I'd love it by itself. But it wasn't until I saw the, the Zimmer power and in conjunction with Joe Walker's edit, in conjunction with Denise's direction, that I just went fist pump, you know, air pump. Uh, that. So it's those things where you go, Josh's words, I think, enhance my photography and hopefully my photography enhance his words together. So it's a team thing. That's what I love about filmmaking. It truly is, Greg. We are so grateful for your time. You are absolutely incredible. We cannot wait to see what you get to work on next. Uh, we're such huge fans of yours, and thank you so much again. No, thanks, guys. Awesome to chat to you. Really fun. Really fun. Thank, thank you, you so Greg. much. Hope to again see you. Okay. Thanks, Ciao. Thanks, well, guys.